Is Hollywood poisoning our culture? Or is it a force of good in the world? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Welcome, fellow armchair philosophers. You are listening to The Overthinkers. I am your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, Sofia Coppola enthusiast. And I'll let my cantankerous co-host introduce himself. My name is Nathan Clarkson. I am an actor, author, filmmaker, and I am a, well, I'm going to be really uh, unoriginal, a Christopher Nolan enthusiast. But it's true. That is correct. That is a correct thing to be an enthusiast. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. All right. Well, today we are going to ask the incredibly clickbaity but very important question, is Hollywood poisoning our culture? Hollywood likes to paint itself as a positive force in the world, you know, helping promote empathy and inclusion, diversity, and, you know, good values. On the up, uh, recently in the Netflix series Hollywood, you know, one of the characters said, Hollywood doesn't just show us how life is, it shows us how life can be. Barry, the HBO show, portrays a redemption story of the hitman where the redemption comes not through, you know, Jesus Christ or something like that, but through acting. Acting is the redemptive force that causes him to be a better person. However, many people see Hollywood entertainment industry as poisonous or bad influences on society. Christians and conservatives often uh, you know, say that Hollywood encourages corruption of morals and traditional values of religion, marriage, and family, etc. While many on the left have accused Hollywood of reinforcing and encouraging stereotypes of women and minorities. So, which is it? Does Hollywood make the world better or worse? Nathan. As someone who has grown up in a Christian household and has also worked in Hollywood, you have an unusual perspective on this. Do you see Hollywood as more poisonous or more redemptive? I need you to be brutally honest and also not offend anyone. Go. <laughs> I'm going to do both of those things. Yes. Um, I, you know, it's an interesting question. I think it's a question that kind of goes back to, I mean, the first time we started seeing art and the, and the question is, is it, art that influences who we become when we watch things and listen to things and engage with things is that are those the things that shape us or Mm. vice or is it vice versa conversely Mm. is it that we shape the art being made that art simply reflects the kind of people that we are and i think i'd be worried on both accounts if i was to look at today's media and and by that i mean both christian media non-christian media any media i'd say um on one hand uh, and this might be a little oversimplification because there's obviously um, uh, it's an under an hour podcast. It's going to be yeah, exactly. There's, there's nuances on both sides, but I'd say on the Christian front, we might have great morals in our in our art, but I would say it's not very good art. Mm-hmm. And so I would be I'd be worried to say either of those right there. And on the other side, I'd say there's a lot of really quality things being made in Hollywood, but I'd say very often I have to side with the uh, the old fashioned guys as much as it, I, I loathe. To admit it, <laughs> but that I think that much of the media today and the, the TV, film, music is just filled with terrible messages. Hmm. Um, uh, that, and so if they're reflecting the culture, that's terrible. And even worse, if they are uh, infecting the culture, I think that's just as terrible. So I have to think about m- my kind of belief that usually the truth lies somewhere in the middle. So I'd say is art 
and media, does it affect us or is it just reflecting us? I'd say both. Sure. I'd say movies, music, and, um, and TV, et, et cetera, literature. I think, one, it does reflect the time, the worries, the, mor- the morality, the mindset, the fears, whatever it is. I think it does reflect those things of any given time. But I also think that art does, it has a huge hand in shaping us. As I look back to when I was a kid, I talk about this in, in um, my writing, is that the art that I consumed as a kid very much shaped how I saw the world. It very much shaped how I saw myself. It very much shaped uh, the morals I took and the person and the man I wanted to become. So it definitely is a both and thing. But if I was to hazard a guess, I would say that people have figured out that art is influential and in shaping, mm-hmm. especially in the lives of, um, of young people. And so they figured out that if we, they want them to believe certain things, accept certain things, and this can be a good, right. Um, that put it in art, put it in a movie, put it in a TV show. Right. So yes, it can reflect something they're familiar with, but it's also going to start shaping how they think about life, uh, love, relationships, religion, faith, whatever it is. And I think that to say that any artist makes something without an agenda, and, and I do this myself when I, when I create, that what? we create, I know, <laughs> but we create things to help people see something different, right. to help shape how people would view the world or a particular subject. Sure, yeah. So I would say that art, um, what I'd probably say uh, on, where I land on this, the strongest is that art is shaping us because that is literally art's intent and purpose. It's to help shape us, both reflect and, you know, of course there's some cathartic reflective elements in sure. it or we're not going to connect to it, but I think ultimately the artist and the people who make art, Hollywood, etc., are using art to message and shape our minds and hearts. And I think this can be a really good thing and a really detrimental thing. Yeah, I think it's an excellent point. I mean, I think that the, you know, there hasn't been, it's, it's a very difficult thing to like do studies about mass, you know, influence of, of media. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, Dorothy Sayers and her, um, her essay, A Tour to Christian Aesthetic, which yes, I will be quoting many times throughout this uh, podcast <laughs> series um, because it's awesome. Um, she talks about art as being in a process of, you know, you see something in the world and then you, it does something to you and you want to share that and express that to others and through others to say that, you know, art, you know, that's art or movies, um, affect other people is just to say that people and human communication affects other people Mm. and arts and particularly Hollywood, because it has such a mass reach just affects more people. Um, the, uh, there is, um, uh, Robert Sklar who uh, wrote, uh, um, uh, a textbook called a uh, movie made America. He pointed out the fact that this is another thing, which is that whoever has the, you know, wheels of the movies, you know, able to make the movies can affect other people. Cause there's a small group of people who are, are doing this. It, po- he pointed out that, you know, it was urban people, like, you know, people in urban areas and, you know, in cities and coasts who were making movies for people, you know, uh, in, in the non-coasts, you know, in, in the Midwest. And so their kind of ways of talking, their ways of their cultural ways of speaking, you know, affected the whole country of America in that way, in that cultural way. Um, we know that, you know, a Vice came out with a, an article a while back that talked about a study of how people who don't who are not represented on screen or are represented badly on screen tend to have lower images or self-esteem 
um, mm -hmm. as people who are represented or represented positively. So we do know that these things affect us. I think, you know, the question of like, has, does Hollywood, and we ask the question sort of Hollywood, you tends to be a catch all for like the whole entertainment industry, but it's not. Yeah, less so a place, more a metaphorical idea. Right. Uh, um, creating the mainstream music, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is like, okay, when you say has Hollywood, you know, been a, a blessing or a curse in the way it's influenced the country, I mean, you know, the, the real answer you have to give is it depends, you know, in, in some cases, you know, again, you have Pixar movies and you have Marvel movies, which are really good at portraying what heroism looks like, what, mm. you know, what's being, ha having power and using it well looks like in a Marvel movie. And we've talked about that a lot, you know, in our episode on Good Man. Um, and Pixar movies are really very much like pro-family, you know, they incredibly pro-family, pro-father, pro all of these things that, you know, many people, many Christians, uh, really, really love and value. Um, on the other hand, they Hollywood has you know done a lot of things that are like you know they they've been anti-religion, they've been exploitative and objectifying of women. They've you know um, just people on left to point it out. You know, in the '80s, they really started to portray like black people as cr criminals, like you know, primarily portray them as criminals, and that mm. people have argued that that affected the way judges ruled against black people. That was uh, one wow. of the contentions of um, uh, the new Jim Crow, which, you know, uh, one of my, uh, you know, but it's, so it's, which is, which is a controversial thing, but all to say, you know, there is a lot of consensus that like sometimes Hollywood has been really bad and sometimes it's been really good and it's just, you know, a mixed bag. Yeah. I think it, it does come down to, um, the, the art is a tool. Right. And, and I know that sounds reductive and I know it sounds uncreative or unbeautiful, but the ultimate reality is, Art is a tool that can be used and is used to help shape who we are. Um, and I, you know, and th there are people who will say, oh, I'm not affected by the things I listen to or watch, but you know, <laughs> studies would argue otherwise, that we right. are very much shaped by the morality, by the ideas, by the philosophies that we hear in these things. And even on a personal level, when I think about when I am moved, what changes me, um, or, or what, you know, if you listen to conversion stories, very, yeah. very often, it is not through a stat, a statistic, an article yeah. they read. Um, it's usually through um, an experience they had. And a lot of times it's through a relational experience yeah. or an artistic experience, both of which art can do um, because it's so much more powerful. It reaches past just your top mind straight into your emotions. And I think about the times I've been moved, uh, the times I've been uh, challenged to change my life or see things in a new way are when they're presented through a story, through a movie, yeah. through a song. Um, and it, interestingly enough, whenever I have something I believe in um, really strongly, my immediate uh, inclination with my friends, if I'm arguing with them about something, is I'll want to argue them. I'll want to show them the facts. Sure. And the figures. But I've, I've found this very rarely ever convinced any of my friends who already had preconceived notions about something. Uh, but I'll give an example, like, like the, a, a song about abortion. Um, you sure. know, I am pro-life and I have no problem saying that. I do not hate anyone else who disagrees with me, by the way, caveat, but I, I am vehemently pro-life. And Same. I remember talking to a friend who wasn't and they had their reasons. Obviously we've heard both sides of the, uh, of the story. Um, and I tried to get the facts and the figures and this and that, and it didn't, it didn't touch them. It didn't reach into their heart, uh, provide them experience. And then there was a song in a spy rapper, mm -hmm. 
um, and it's called Happy Birthday, and it's about a man um, writing uh, to his unborn son that he he helped he paid for an abortion oh. um, that every year on his on the day he would be oh. born. He thinks about it every every year, and he wrote his son a song called Happy Birthday, oh. and. I showed my friend this song. Dagger and to all the of a art. Sudden, it was a total countenance change because it was a piece of art that was beautifully done. First of all, it wasn't it wasn't right. a shot a piece of art. It was a beautiful piece of art, beautiful song, beautifully written, beautifully produced. And all of a sudden, that was the conduit to seeing things in a new way. And so, I do think again, we have to come back to this thing: art, media, film. It is a tool a very powerful tool that affects our hearts and minds. Right. And so whoever wields it uh, will have the power over the people who are seeing it. And so I think, oh, it's kind of scary to think about, um, uh, to, to think about the, uh, the implications of what that means of yeah. who's in power. I know it's a, you don't think about the people who are making movies being in power, but they do have the power oh, over, the, over the hearts. Um, so it is, and then, you know, I'll play devil's advocate in a minute that, um, that no movie would ever sell if people would go, go buy it. So sure, yeah, it actually be good. So they're going to keep on making things that sell. So then again, it comes back to, well, maybe we do affect the art that is being made, but I, I do think it's a powerful tool that affects us and it's neither good nor bad. It can be used for both. And we have to decide as art makers, how we're going to use this tool and we have to stop saying that it doesn't affect us. That what we listen to and what we watch doesn't affect us because it does. Psychologists have showed that. Studies have showed yeah. that. There's and no think- person who actually spends any time looking at the data or you know or studying the data who who really disputes that nowadays. Yes. Yeah. No, I think that that's that's a, that's an excellent point. I, I what so I guess my what my question would be is, let me see. Well, it's 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 interesting because because the thing is. The thing about Hollywood, one of the things that's sort of, you know, not uniquely, but sort of unusually toxic about Hollywood is how cliquish it is. Mm. Because Lou Gossett Jr., a great actor, he um, once said on a, on a, in an interview he was doing to promote his movie, the, uh, the Grace Card, he said that, you know, Hollywood really in a weird way lags behind other places in society when it comes to inclusion and diversity. Um, and, you know, he said like the music industry is incredibly diverse. It's, it's, yes. it's, it's always been incredibly diverse. But for some reason, Hollywood is, is not, and the film industry is not. And, and part of that I think is due to the fact that, you know, Hollywood and the film industry more than, more than any other is a place where you really want to get along and feel like you like the people that you're working with because you have to work with them, you know, 18 hours a day and you have to also vibe with them creatively as well as be able to collaborate them with it. And philosophically, philosophically believe in what you're making together. Exactly. And so you end up doing people who are, who are just like you because you know, they're they're and and remind you of yourself because you feel like you vibe with them in that way. And that's been problem because, you know, in many ways they've been, again, like they've been, they've been reinforcing sort of the, the status quo in terms of like, let's make everything, you know, just very, very straight white male and not have other things in there long after the rest of the country was totally into it. I mean, it was interesting because the um, Bob Iger in his sort of recent memoirs talked about how he had, now I mean, perhaps this is a bit self kind of congratulatory, but he had to fight um, with a lot of old stuffy people to get um, Black Panther made because they were like, nobody's going to wow. want to, you know, watch a movie about you know it's Even about today. all black people and it's like that's amazing. 
that's amazing. It's amazing to hear. And it's like, literally, I don't know anywhere else in like any one of the country who would be like, are, they don't want a movie about a black superhero. Like, that's ridiculous. And yet, that's an attitude that existed in Hollywood. And I think to some degree, sometimes Hollywood sort of projects some of its own vices on the rest of the country, which by no means, like it's exclusive to Hollywood. But I think that there is a particular thing in Hollywood that causes some of its vices, even as, of course, it's not the only place in the world that has vices. We're talking about Hollywood right now. So, <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny because, you know, Hollywood is a world I've known for the past decade of my right. life. It's the, the professional world I've lived in. And I've lived in both Los Angeles slash Hollywood and New York, both of where the quote unquote Hollywood centers exist. Exactly. And it is interesting to me, having lived in Los Angeles for so long, and, and maybe I just haven't, you know, experienced a lot of other industries. Maybe I have, just haven't um, lived any, in any other kind of culture. Sure. I'm sure the tech, I'm sure the business might have its own. But I will say it is interesting to me how depraved, and I'm not saying this word lightly, how depraved hmm. that place is. I'm not even speaking about the media they make. I'm talking sure. about the people and the things uh, and, and the stories and the events that are happening behind the scenes, hmm. which we get a glimpse into when you know, things like the Me Too movement come out right. or you hear these the tell-all biographies from actors and actresses. And, but it, and by depraved, I'm not saying, oh, everyone's evil there. What I'm saying no. is um, I see such deep sadness, sure. such deep sorrow, such deep longing, such deep um, uh, dysfunction that is living there and it's normal. It's the norm. Sure all these things to exist. And then you have those people, the ones who are dealing with trauma and, yeah. and, uh, and sadness and brokenness, those people are the ones who then go and make movies. Right. And those are the people that the rest of the world are looking to for their idea right. of morality, of worldview, of faith. And it just, it's really interesting to me um, how powerful that is when you look at both sides. I mean, even in politics, I don't think people come off as more powerful. You, you look at multiple, multiple administrations um, and we're, you know, we don't, and we don't talk about politics much here, but you look at multiple administrations, be it Obama or Trump, both of them have employed the use of Hollywood alliances, right. of having stars to the white house of, you know, whatever it is. And so you do see how powerful that these people are in the stories they're telling because stories were made to connect right. to humanity. They are the way we were made to hear truth and to learn. And so even, even our political system knows how beneficial it is to yeah. get the storytellers to be on their side. So it is, you know, that's not even really an answer. And I appreciate it earlier when you said, is Hollywood poisoning, um, you know, America slash the world. And your answer wasn't yes or no. It was yes and no. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's absolutely true. Um, and so that's a lot of words uh, to say the same thing, which is um, stories are intrinsic to human nature, right? right? How, yeah. Is how God shared his truth, uh, what we would believe that through scripture, through story, through the written word, Jesus told parables. Yeah. Stories are powerful to people and they connect with people and they change people. Um, so it's interesting to see the people on the other side of the storytelling telling are so broken, so lost, um, so sad, and so dysfunctional. And that is something we ought to worry about. I'm not going to be out, oh, Hollywood's ruining everything and, and no. you know, with their terrible agenda. I don't think it's always that. I'm not saying yeah. it never is. But I think a lot of times it's broken people making broken stories for broken people to watch yeah. in a cycle. Um, and so somehow we need to break that cycle if we want to see art be a positive influence in the world.
No, that's a very, that's a very good point. I mean, again, like there is a lot of cases where, you know, art has been a positive force in the world. I mean, you know, Sean, Sean Baker, who um, did uh, the movie Tangerine and uh, Florida Project, Florida Project being one of my favorite, favorite films ever. He, um, he made the case that, you know, when you, when you portray, you know, marginalized people in a film, they become less marginalized. And mm -hmm. he's one of the things, and, and again, like there's been a great sense of which I think, you know, Hollywood could have done better, but, you know, the way they elevated, you know, certain actors of color in its, their movies um, have, have made a lot of people who otherwise would have seen, you know, people of color as alien seem less alien. And to be like, oh yeah, how everybody wanted to be Will Smith at one point. It's like, it didn't matter what color you were. You wanted to be Will Smith because he was cool. And the fact that they did that is amazing. They also, the fact that they have, they've continually actually in many ways portrayed, you know, the, the ideal of marriage and family, particularly family films. And partly that's because they know that appeals to families. And so, like you said, there's this cyclical relationship going on. But the fact that, that you know, every rom-com still, people want to get married at the end. That's a valuable thing, even if they are very unwise about how they get there. You know, they've done a lot, I know with superhero movies, I mean, they did a lot to reinforce very positive things and actually show, portray these positive values globally around the world has been um, wonderful. But I think again, you know, we, everybody knows that Hollywood is broken. Everyone knows that, that people are broken because people are broken. But I guess, so my question would be, okay, if we decide that there, there is, there is, there is something particular in the Hollywood industry that has a particular kind of um, brokenness that may be slightly different from other forms of brokenness that are in other places. Um, how would we go about sort of as consumers, as culture critics, and then as people who are attempting to be a part of that industry, make that industry better? Um, mm. And uh, if uh, particularly, you know, if we want to be a part of the industry, what are the, the changes that we could make as people who are, you know, in our own conduct, but also as we're trying to shape the conduct of how the way the industry is run, how, how would we make that better? So I guess consumer, critic, and, um, and uh, participant. That, that is a fantastic question. And I think it's a question that we all have to ask our, ourselves, because I, hear, I do hear a lot of complaining, especially from our side of the yeah. Of the philosophical slant of it. Bit, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's old, old Hollywood's at it again, trying to corrupt the youth. And, you know, right. if they really just came over here, then everything would be better. <laughs> yeah. What I would say is if you want to change the stories that are being told and you want to change um, the, the, the messages that appear in these stories and how they're affecting your children and your world and the world around you is, is I think it's one of a few things. One, it's, um, if you are a filmmaker or have those dreams and those gifts, go to Hollywood and start telling the stories. Hmm. Start putting the stories out, making the stories that you think the world hmm. needs to be and hear, ones that reflect what you believe to be true and hmm. beautiful. And not just, not just that, and it comes with a big caveat, hmm. and that is don't just start putting out propaganda message films yeah. and demanding that people watch those because they're better morally mm. start putting out beautiful good films you know I, I i thought the the show hollywood which we talked a little you mentioned earlier yeah. was um was a good example of um let's say talk about a lot of the morality that we'd say yeah. that hollywood the, the bad morality that they that they portray in things mm -hmm. and it's 
true. You know, you have terrible people selling their bodies, using people, doing terrible things, and it's never portrayed as, as bad. But do you know what? When I was watching that, that show has style. Yeah. And it has skill behind it. There's good acting, good music, yeah. good costumes. Even though I abhorred most of the moral decisions those characters were making, I found myself enjoying it often because it was so well done. Right least in aesthetic and um, and acting and style. And so I'm going to say to the young filmmakers of faith who want to change the stories and the, and the messages and the philosophy that are being put into this world, go and make movies, yes, but mm-hmm. make them good. Make yeah. them so that when you watch Hollywoodland and you watch your movie, that you're going to watch your movie because it's just as good in style and quality, but it has more to offer. And that is when we will start seeing the change happen, at least from a creator standpoint. Yeah. Now, as a viewer, I would say, viewer slash critic, support the things that are good and you believe mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Do not just bash the things you hate. For many years, Christians have been known, we're going to boycott this and that. Great. Don't just run from, run to. Right. Don't just bash what you hate. Promote what you love. So if you see a young filmmaker who with everything he can is making a quality film. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not just talking, you know, straight up, you know, films about Jesus. I'm talking about one that reflects the beauty yeah. that you think is in the world, the truth that we find in scripture, the truth that we find in our faith. If you see a movie that reflects that, whether or not it has, you know, the sinner's prayer at the end, but if you see a right. good movie, even if it's not made by a young Christian, even if it's made by right. one who's searching, but they make a quality film that explores the beauty of family or portrays faith in a, in a good way, in a hopeful yeah. way, or shows redemption, support that film with your dollar, with your yeah. voice. That will make the difference too, because for better or for worse, Hollywood, and this sounds so, so um, I don't know, mercenary, but Hollywood will make the films oh, yeah. that, that sell tickets. Yeah, They will make the TV that gets views. And yeah. so if you and your friends and your family start supporting the movies and the TV shows and the music that is good, and beautiful and true, you will start seeing that take over. And we've seen this happen before, by the oh, way. Totally, yeah. I mean, look at Lauren Daigle. She came out of nowhere. But do you know what she, she and she has everything that we believe in. She has faith and she has goodness. She, she talks yep. about, uh, uh, about morality and, and, and goodness and the beauty of God, but she does it in a beautiful way. Yep. And because people came and supported her and she had something that was done in such a good way, you see her rise to the top of the charts and now she is yeah. singing worship songs at the Grammys because yeah. she is both good and she was supported. Um, and so here in the middle of the Grammys, which can you know just be a display of you know hedonistic living, you have this woman singing a worship song because of these factors came together. So if you are a creator, create good quality, beautiful things. Jump in and do it. Stop complaining about other people who create things you don't like. Go in and make something beautiful, make something good, and make it so good that they can't ignore it. And if you are a consumer, consume, support, and voice, uh, and, and give your dollar for things that you want to see in culture more often. So that would be my answer to that question. Uh, all of those things are fantastic. Uh, most of them I'm going to do sort of just, uh, you know, what's it? commentaries on the Torah, so to speak. Um, <laughs> with, uh, with, with that, I would say, you know, because uh, to back it up again, like the reason that family films tend to have more family values in them is because families will not go to a movie that doesn't have those, you know, values in them. 
And so it's, it's the, 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 you know, the, you know, the, the family values sort of Christians have, have shaped Pixar. Like it's reason that Pixar is the way it is, is because those mm. are the movies that they've supported um, with their dollar. Um, also a kind of shout out sort of on the consumer side to, you know, I, I know a lot of people like you and myself who are young, you know, uh, Christian, you know, coastal, you know, who live in cities and are very sophisticated about our faith and who, who, <laughs> who, try. who love, who love, but you know, like who, who love, you know, movies, you know, faith-based films like, you know, silence and first reformed and wish faith-based films were more intellectual and nuanced like that. And yeah. Beautiful. Just yeah, beautiful. But those movies never, ever do well at the box office. That is true. That's, the, that is so first, true. First Reformed, I did a study of this once for an article I read where all the great Christian films. First Reformed was behind every single faith-based film that came out this year, including ones you've never heard of, like Indivisible, in terms of the box office. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I had a major star player and yes. a major known director. Yes. And so, you know, to a certain degree, like I have problems with the movie first performed. I have problems with movie silence. And we, we can talk about that some other time. There'll be an interesting discussion. But the, you know, it's like, if, if this is the movies that you want to see, why are you not seeing, being as evangelistic about seeing those movies as, you know, the um, fans of the other Christian films? Uh, and, you know. and you do see it, and, and I always get heartened when I see it, but it's so rare. You know, I, I see it with the Irwin brothers and the release of their um, oh, latest yeah. movie. They made a, I don't know, a, a biography love story akin yeah. to, um, you know, yeah, a, it was like a, a star one or something like that. Yeah, Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, they did a young adult romance, you know, movie. It doesn't have to look like, you know, a, a biography of Billy Graham. It doesn't right. have to look yeah. like, you know, The Sinners Prayer. It can be entertaining and good. Yeah. And I love to see that it was so good that people wanted to see it. Um, but it happens far too seldom. No, it, it's because of the Irwin brothers, people like that, that people are, are really starting to look at faith-based films and take it seriously in that way. Um, I'll say as a cultural, in the cultural critic sense, you know, be the person who is able to, um, you can be a person who is able to be a voice to able to show people, hey, this is a good film and this is a bad film. And being mm. to, you know, if you become a, if you watch enough movies and become a trusted enough voice, people will listen to what you have to say and they will watch the movies that you tell them to watch. And if there's an important movie you think people ought to watch, that kind of credibility is really wonderful and important. Um, the other thing I'll say is that, you know, that about, so, so that's the consumer side and the critic side. And then on the filmmaking side, definitely say so you be a good filmmaker, you know, make, make great films. Um, but then also, you know, there's something about the industry of Hollywood itself that I would say, you know, there's a great deal of loneliness in Hollywood. There's a great mm. deal of lack of actual real meaningful relationships. And that's not me saying that, that the Hollywood Reporter reported on that. Like they, they just, there are not friends in Hollywood because everything is so transitory. Every, no one is rooted. Everyone's traveling all the time and it's so competitive. It's all freelance business. And so everyone's so competitive with each other. And so if we want to change the film industry from being exploitive and contract all relationships being exploitive and contractual, Hollywood needs friendships. You know, yeah. it, it needs families, it needs, and so somehow if you're going to be like a Christian in both the adjective and noun of the sense in Hollywood, one thing I was encouraged is just to make, is to be, ch change the way you live in the film industry so you actually can maintain friends for more than five years. Um, that, you know, so it's things like that that I think about, like how do you live out your faith, not only in your 
films that you make, the art that you make, and in, in terms of like what's on the screen, but how you're living your life uh, so that, and, you know, and again, having friends with, being friends with people who are different than you. The reason that's um, Peanut Butter Falcon, which was a great movie, you know, starring Shia LaBeouf and um, uh, that uh, was starred also a, uh, in a lead role, a, a, a person with Down syndrome. Um, it, you know, he, he made that movie because he had a friend. He, he made a friend. He met someone who had Down syndrome. And it's like, you know, being friends with people who are different from you means that you do have a, a greater range of like what stories you can imagine so that you can, you know, those stories can get told. So those are certain things that I would say if you want to change Hollywood, you have to be the church, you know, be what the church is supposed to be, be what a Christian is supposed to be, somebody who actually lives out having a life that's supportive of community and family and uh, building family, family values, and also having community of with the whole body of Christ with people who are different from you um, so those stories can be told. So those would be uh, some of my off the cuff ideas, the things I'm trying to implement in my life. I still don't know how to implement them in practice, but those are things I'm thinking about. Yeah, I, can, I completely agree. It is, it is interesting to see often, um, to see often, I think today it's, you know, being active, being an activist on both sides of the mm -hmm. aisle, yeah. side of the aisle has become synonymous with being loud about what you hate, mm -hmm. being crying things this is a bad show don't watch this don't do this can you believe mm. the atheist did this can you believe the christian said this yeah and so and usually yeah. i can't yeah <laughs> <laughs> usually i can i can yeah that's no, true can. you're right but, <laughs> you're more realistic <laughs> but the, you know but i think that's not enough is yeah. it it's not yeah. enough to hate things and I think, you know, for a long time, I've heard the, the Christian mantra, Hollywood's ruining everything. Yeah. And I would say, you know what, maybe the answer to that question is Hollywood ruining everything and, and poisoning us. Maybe it's yes. But what are you doing about it? Hmm. What, so it's, pro well, okay, so they're ruining everything. What are you doing about it? Because hmm. all, all I see you doing is pointing things out in people that they're not doing well enough, that right. they're not doing good. And the thing is, you know, my mom was a missionary um, into Eastern Europe during the, the before the curtain. Uh -huh. And her missionary training, they said in every culture, um, there is a question that every culture is asking. Yeah. Yeah. And that when you display your faith to them, you are trying to display it in a way that will answer the question that yeah. that their culture is asking. And the reality is Hollywood is always going to seek to answer the questions that culture is asking. Yeah. And to me, if you look around and just in my own life and the life of the other, my fellow millennials and, and people in this generation and of every age, we're asking particular questions. Right. And I think them have to do with who am I? Do I have value? Does the world have meaning? Do I have purpose? And can I do what I want? Um, or do I, do I get to invent myself? Or is there a predetermined who, uh, design behind who I am? There's all these questions that are being asked. And right now, Hollywood is the one who's stepping up, for better or for yeah. worse, and we'll answer those questions. Give us your yeah. money for a ticket. We will answer those questions. Mm. And for an hour and a half, we will make you feel comforted because we will answer your questions. We will quell your fear. We will give you a world in which yeah. you can find boundaries and understanding about all these questions swirling in your head. And instead of, instead of Christians... People of faith saying, actually, we, we have the answer to all these yeah. questions. And they and, and us stepping up and saying, here's a story yeah. that might touch on some of those things that you're going through. Here's You've abdicated that responsibility. That can exactly here's a piece of art that can can answer that question. All we do is criticize the answers that Hollywood is putting forth. Believe me, 
I'm the first to tell you Hollywood is putting forth some incredibly destructive, awful answers to the questions being asked. But until as people of faith get up and say, we have the answer to those. And that, in fact, we're going to make beautiful art, beautiful films that will answer those questions in a more real and lasting way. Until we do that, we are going to lose this culture battle. And yes, by no fault of his own, really, Hollywood is going to keep on poisoning everyone. Mm. Wow. Well, that sounds like a really great, grim, but exciting way to close us out. Unless you have another direction you'd like to go with this. <laughs> I think I've got my last diatribe. Yeah, your mic drop moment in there. You know, a little trailer <laughs> moment. Yes. My uh, podcast, Michael, just knock it over the desk. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Don't do that. Please don't. Uh, <laughs> um, they, uh, yes. All right. So then uh, let's go into our blessings and curses of the week. Do you have a bless and a something a piece of art you would like to bless and this piece of art you would like to curse this week nathan i would okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna go tv shows this week okay, cool um and i'm going to curse hollywood the show by ryan murphy good choice <laughs> it is it is truly awful and abysmal and not for any of the reasons that would be controversial Right. Um, I, I do think that movies need more representation across the board, all different kinds of right. people, all different kinds of stories. So I, that is not what I am criticizing. I'm not even criticizing the style. It is well done. It sure. is fantastically acted, great style, lots of fun. It's just the story does not reflect reality and does not reflect humanity. And it, and it totally avoids and plays it safe of exploring the depths of human desire and sadness. And it stops short every time and it's just a waste of time it's a waste of potential in so yeah. many ways great concept terrible execution i'm yeah. sorry ryan murphy and i say this um i started my career in acting as being a background uh, uh a regular background extra on the show glee so uh, yeah. hopefully this won't come back and bite me one day <laughs> <laughs> well you would not be the first critic to say that they didn't like the the, the show oh thank on. god <laughs> so, you know, so i but, think you know um, yeah he's he's a brian is a talented talented guy but this show um yeah there, there's yeah. not my favorite but my bless of the week is a show and I keep on forgetting the title because I start second guessing myself about <laughs> it's true or not, um, if, if it's the one or not, but um, it's a show called Hidden, I believe it's called. Interesting. Yes, it's a Welsh murder mystery show and it's on Acorns TV and- oh, I don't get that. It, oh. it, and what I love about it is I feel like I discovered this little treasure because it wasn't made in Hollywood, speaking of Hollywood, totally outside of the Hollywood world these actors you've never seen in anything before, directed by people you've never seen before, even in England, people won't even know what this is. It's a Welsh murder mystery. Ooh, and it's so beautifully filmed. It's so beautifully acted. It gets straight to the heart of humanity and questions. It is quality. It is gorgeous. Um, and a lot of it is in Welsh, some in English, but it's just an absolute wonderful series. Complete, it's so slow, but in a good way. Um, mm -hmm. It's methodical and takes its time. It's rich. It's heavy but it's so good. And I, what I love about it is it, you do see, even though I, I don't know if it was made by a person of faith or not, what you see in this, in this series is you see someone struggling to bring order out of chaos, to bring truth back into untruth and to bring beauty yeah. back into ugliness. And that to me is a Christian message. So this show hidden is my bless of the week for sure. 
that's a great choice. I, well, you know, I would like to check that out now. Good. Thanks for, thanks for the sharing that. Um, Absolutely. I will do, well, since you've already done Hollywood, which could have been my curse of the week, but <laughs> hey, we can double up. It deserves you know, it. But no, I will, I will say that, you know, it is, it is, it is a show that, you know, again, it is a revisionist history, which is, and it's supposed to be a fantasy, but fantasy is also supposed to get at the depths of who humans really are and how they really feel. And, you know, what makes them angry and what, what, you know, drives them to hate and in love and stuff like that. And it just plays it way too safe. It, it makes people who should have been antagonists into not antagonists just because you want to say, oh, this is why I wish people would act instead of the way they really would act. So I agree with you on that, but I will go with another show movie that I watched um, on, uh, on uh, Hulu uh, called Messenger, which, <laughs> It was. It started out like it was going to be really good. It's about a soldier who is doing the. Um, um, oh, I forget what it's called now, but it's the. It's the job to let somebody know that the uh, sold their their relative has died. You know, it's it's that, and it was oh. going with a mentor, and he's supposed to go along to, uh, to learn how to do that, to learn how to break the news to people and all the rules and all the and all the responses. It starts out really good because you get to see how does somebody handle being the person who has to give bad news all the time. But the problem is they go away from that really quickly, that honesty, uh, to these really convoluted sort of uh, subplots of where people behave in ways that are really irresponsible and unrealistic in, in a sort of voyeuristic way that really you lose the honesty and the beauty of what that story could have been to do stuff that's, I don't, I don't know what the thinking was, but it, it went off the rails very quickly and maybe very mm -hmm. disappointed and very angry because it started out with so much promise. Um, and for my bless of the week, I've been doing some regular movie nights and I've gotten a chance and I brought this up earlier to watch, uh, to watch the Florida project again. And I really made me realize the, 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 um, the manager of the of the hotel there in the movie, he is, we talked about good men that you want to, uh, that shape what you want to be. And I forgot about this one. He, he the, the character in the Florida Project is an incredible, incredible person who um, he's humble. He's not like a, a, like a superhero, um, but, uh, but he's, but he's, he's a just, he's has responsibility. He takes on responsibility for the, the, um, the hotel and for the people in the hotel. And he defends them when he needs to. He makes hard choices when he needs to, even if it's going to make people who care, he cares about angry with him. And he's definitely something like, okay, yeah, that is a kind of a man that I want to be. And I just got to, you know, experience that again. So that's going to be my bless of the week. Awesome. So um, where can people talk to us, Nathan, if they agree or disagree with what we have to say or want to suggest something or just want to engage in some overthinking with us? All of you can write us and get, send us your um, hate mail or your love letters to realoverthinkers yes. at gmail.com. Uh, for me, if you just want to get in touch with me and see what I'm up to, you can search me on the socials on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and search my name, Nathan Clarkson. And you can also go to nathanclarkson.me. Joseph, where can we find you and everything you are up to? Uh, you can also look on the socials. You know, the... Uh... I'm Joseph Holmes uh, everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter is a normal guy eight. Uh, the, um, and also I've got uh, Overthinking Films as my blog. And then also my website, josephholmesstudios.com. If you want to 
see all the stuff I've been working on. Also, I'm going to do, give a plug shout out for a new uh, sketch comedy web series I just put together with some friends. It's really great. It's called Young and Professionals. And it is very funny. I, I, and I am, I'm the arbiter of what is funny. You are the arbiter of what is funny. And so therefore you can take that to the bank. Go watch it. Yes. All right. (laughs) Well, thank you everybody so much for joining us once again. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. Ciao.